Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Holistic Hearts. I know it kind of feels a little strange, all of these new episodes hitting at you the end of November, but what I'm doing, my friends, is I am setting us up to end this month strong. And then December, Holistic Hearts is going to be taking a little step back and taking my own pause. So I just wanted to give you fair warning that uh, this is the second to last episode of 2021 of a full length episode. And I could not be more excited to introduce a good friend of mine, Wendy Gossett. She is a temperament and relationship coach and an expert on the Myers-Briggs personality framework. And as you know, and we've been talking about every episode, really baseline design, who am I conversations, because as a spiritual coach myself, a spiritual life coach, one of the most important things is we really understand our basic framework and how God has created us uniquely. And um, we all come into this world holding certain attributes and personalities. And I invited Wendy on the show because she has an amazing tool called the Myers-Briggs, where she dives in not only to your temperament, but she really dives deep, deep, deep into our children and how they interact. And as you'll hear on the show, I was able to, um, actually my husband and I, Joshua, um, we were able to sit down with her and go over our results on the tests that we took for our kids that she has available on her website, which is so much fun. She writes back with a very personalized um, explanation of what your kids could be. So there are four letters in the Myers-Briggs personality test and framework. And um, every letter has two options. And so It was so cool to sit down with our four kids and their results and really get to hear really all about their personalities and how to meet them exactly where they were at. Because there was uh, one of our kids in particular is almost the opposite of all of us. (laughs) So it was really fun to just sit down and really hear what she had to say on how to reach this kiddo's heart. And um, I know she could do the same for you and your family. So be sure to go check out that free resource. Um, I will post the link below in the show notes. And I hope you enjoy this interview with Wendy Gossett about our temperaments and what's so important to understand about our kids and, and how they do life through their personalities. So here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is Kristen Chadwick and I have here with me Miss Wendy Gossett. She is a family and child temperament coach and she is um, just such a gift to this world in understanding our children and yeah, so welcome to the show. I feel the same way about you, Kristen. I think you're a gift. Oh, thank you. (laughs) As well. So thank you so much for having me on. Um, I just, I know Kristen from from, um, way back when, and I just really appreciate everything that that you do for, for just 
people in general, just, um, building up people. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Wendy and I go way back from to rebel parenting days and she was a, um, yeah, such a, a sweet gift of a person in our life. She met with my husband and I one-on-one and we typed out all of our kids, all of our four kids. And it was such a huge eye-opener for us to see how they were so uniquely created. And so that's what I want to talk about today is, as you know, we've been talking about over this last month, personality frameworks and our our design of who we are as people and we come into this world that way and then childhood shapes different aspects of our personality as well and I thought about bringing Wendy on because she is such an expert at temperaments and specifically Myers-Briggs and has written a book called Your Child's Inner Drive and it is jam-packed with information on every type that your child could be and Um, I really could think of no other person to come on the show and really explain Myers-Briggs and the importance of using this personality framework to help understand ourselves better and our kids better. Thank you so much. I, it is such a valuable tool. And I think a lot of people don't understand that Myers-Briggs originated with Carl Jung's uh, psychological functions in the 1920s. And Myers-Briggs kind of turned it into a household user-friendly system. Hmm. Um, But I feel like to really understand the nature of yourself and your children, like actually how your brain is wired, the back end of Myers-Briggs or Carl Jung's psychological functions uh, is the way to do that. And Hmm. so uh, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, all kinds of research out there and, and it kind of boils down to 50% of your personality is nature, maybe even 60% and 40% is nurture. Hmm. And, uh, there was a Harvard happiness study that was done and they determined that, um, a person's happiness is determined, uh, 50% by nature, 40% by, um, nurture or, you know, uh, your circumstances that can change, um, meaning mindfulness and, and, you know, things that you can do. Um, and then only 10% is like your circumstances in life. And so, so many times parents, I think, focus on the 10%, which is your grades aren't good enough. Your room isn't clean. Um, you know, all these things when they should be focusing on, you know, how do I, um, make the most of my child's nature Mm. rather than trying to, to change them, uh, change the circumstances, change the fact that they're messy, (laughs) you know, um, that's where they put their focus rather than what are my child's strengths? You know, how are they wired? And, you know, not trying to remake that child into a a little mini version of themselves. And Mm. so, Um, so that's what I help parents do is to understand the brain wiring of their child. And, uh, there's all kinds of research out there now with EEG maps of the brain where they see the the geography of the brain in these EEG maps that matches up with what I show parents, like what I showed you, Kristen on paper, Mm -hmm. like this is how your child's brain 
functions. And I use really, you know, it's still complicated because personality is complicated. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I use these little icons to kind of represent um, the different brain functions that each person in the family uses. And so I'll do a brain map and you can look at that brain map and look at those icons. And sometimes you'll see this one brain function that is a complete outlier in your family. And I've had so many parents go, no wonder mm-hmm. this child is driving us crazy or we don't understand this child. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that that is is what I do is I help parents understand the nature how their child's brain is wired. Mm-hmm. And, and then also I work on the nurture piece, but that's kind of gets more into the Enneagram, which is like kind of behavior patterns, like, you know, how did you showed up in the world with this type of brain, then, then the patterns develop from how you were parented, who your mm. siblings are, what your circumstances were. This is how you adapted Mm-hmm. Uh, to those circumstances, which is, which is nurture. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, this is so good because we have really been doing a deep dive into Enneagram. And so I love that you're bringing them both together in mm-hmm. this conversation. Um, and I, I would really love, can you break down with Carl Young's, um, all the 16 personalities, all of those things, break it down for us so that we can get an overview of how that works and how it applies to ourselves and to our, our kids as well. Yeah. So I like to make it seem a little less daunting by (laughs) saying, you know, when you were five, you learned 26 letters in your alphabet and this system only has eight letters. (laughs) And, um, and so, and some of the letters are, you know, are fairly, obvious or people are familiar with them like i mm-hmm. is introvert e is extrovert and so um carl jung actually coined the term introvert and extrovert and so these um psychological functions there are eight every person's brain um prefers four mm-hmm. um in descending order from your number one driver function it's kind of like the passengers in a car So your number one driver is where most of your strengths come from. It's the way your brain is most comfortable working. And then you have a co-pilot, you have like a teenager and an infant that are not as, they're not as well used, you know, by your brain, but you can, you can develop them. And that's what it's good for parents to know that, you know, my kids do have the capacity to learn these things but it's just not going to come easy for them. And it's really hard when your driver is something that it's so comfortable for you. It's like the air you breathe, the water you swim in. Mine is extroverted. That's E. Mm-hmm. Feeling. F. Mm-hmm. Extroverted feeling. Mm-hmm. That is my number one brain function. There's also an introverted feeling mm-hmm. brain function, which is totally different. They're both feeling. They're both sensitive. But extroverted feeling is for others. It's for the group. You alter your feelings based on what the group is feeling. So mm-hmm. people that are introverted feelers feel like extroverted feelers are disingenuous because introverted feelers are like, these are my personal convictions. They're not going to change. I'm probably not even going to share them with people <laughs> because 
if they disagree with me, I am not going to bend. Mm-hmm. And so, whereas extroverted feelers, we talk about our feelings and if somebody else goes, oh, I don't know, I don't agree with you. Well, we're like, oh, well, let, let me hear that. And then we might alter the way we feel. And mm-hmm. so, so that is what I use as my number one function. Um, and I expected my daughter to just be good at that mm-hmm. because I thought, aren't all women like this? Because all women are feely and all women talk about their feelings, right? (laughs) No, not at all. Because my daughter is number one, an introverted thinker. Wow. And that's my baby function. That's my least used function, which is strategy and analytical and black and white and logical and rational and calm. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, she seemed really prickly because that black and white and that truth telling comes out in, in bluntness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so she didn't know how to show feeling because extroverted feeling is her infant brain function. So she didn't know even how to really smile mm-hmm. or show appreciation Um And when I would talk about my feelings and I would get all, you know, excited about things, it would make her skin crawl. It would make her feel uncomfortable. And so just me being me was stressful for her. And me having the expectation that she would be like that was even more stressful Mm. to her. And so I had to learn to just start not doing the 20 questions when she got in the car at the end of school. And just let her be quiet and, um, you know, and talk to her in a more calm, rational, logical yeah. way. So I had to just really tone down my parenting and my personality so that I could appreciate her and, and learn from her personality. Yeah. Well, I could totally see how that can make a difference because it's almost like you're creating a safe space for her to be exactly who she has created to be. And I, I, we were just sharing before we pressed record of how Wendy showed how extroverted our daughter is. And she is, oh man, just a gem. She's like the life of the party, always wants to um, be adventurous. And because of figuring out her temperament before COVID, it was such a light bulb moment during quarantine when we were all stuck in this house and we had to meet her in those places of like, you need somebody to talk to and, and being really patient with, you know, I'm, I'm like right in the middle of introvert extrovert. And, um, and so when she would every day unload whatever she was thinking, feeling excitement, I mean, I had to like prepare myself of like, okay, this is going to take a long time and it's going to start at nine o'clock when I want to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you bring up a good point. Like we're not just an extrovert or just an introvert. Mm -hmm. We all have two extroverted brain functions and two introverted brain functions and our number one driver function and our number two are an extrovert and an introvert or an introvert and an extrovert. And so it's like you got one of each driving in the front seat of the car and they work back and forth. And so if you are 
labeled an extrovert, it's because your number one brain function is an extroverted function and your co-pilot is an introverted function. If you are an introvert, it's because your number one function is an introverted function and your number two function is an extroverted function. But we all have those moments where we have to be alone and we have to recharge and we have to be internal and think about how do we feel? How do we think? How, you know, what are we sensing? What are we thinking Mm -hmm. right now personally versus the group? So, um, so the, the alphabet of temperament is F for feeling T for thinking S for sensing and N for intuition and tuition. It seems like it should be I, but I is reserved for introvert yeah. and these extrovert. And then you have J for judging, which is decision-making, or it's just living life in more of a controlled fashion. I like to say it's like the penny loafers versus the flip-flops <laughs> or the sedan versus the convertible okay. way of living. So a J is a decision-maker. They like to check things off the box and, and be organized and make decisions. They feel better after the decision has been made, whereas the P is perceiver. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that is the flip-flop way of living life, the convertible way of living life. And they feel better with all their options open. And they don't, they're not as decisive, decisive. They just want to take in more and more experiences, more and more information. Mm-hmm. And so those are the eight letters in the system. And people just think, oh, I'm an extrovert. Well, you're either an extroverted feeler, an extroverted sensor, an extroverted thinker, or an extroverted intuitive. And those look extremely different. Each one of those brain functions carries with it a myriad of unique strengths Wow, that are unique to that type of extroversion. Mm. So, and then same thing with introversion, you have introverted sensors, introverted feelers, introverted intuitives, and introverted thinkers. Okay. And again, each one of those brain functions carries with it all these unique strengths. And so it's so important to know what each one of your child's bucket of strengths is. Yeah. You know, what are their unique strengths? Like my daughter is calm under pressure. She's able to actually, um, you know, kind of shut down her emotions when she's solving a problem. She's a a problem, a rational problem solver. She's studying engineering in Mm. college right now. Makes sense. And yeah. And so you can actually look at a map of the brain and say, these are my child's top strengths. And so what is the best way for me to guide them for, you know, what are the best activities for me to put them in? And somebody that has extroverted sensing as their baby function is probably not going to be super comfortable in competitive sports where you have to use your senses in the moment quickly. That's their baby function, but you have their parents going, okay, let's, let's, let's play soccer, you know, Mm -hmm. and they'd be much better suited in cross country and individual sport where they don't have to think quickly in the moment or, Mm -hmm. you know, in swimming. Um, individual sports where they can still be in their head and, um, you know, and not have to be so physically aware of their body in the moment. Wow. That's so fascinating that it can like filter into how you choose to encourage them in sports or what classes to take or um, 
oh man, it's just, it's endless. The amount of awareness <laughs> that you can gain from that. Um, I, I wonder, this is making me think with all of the Enneagram conversation and the Myers-Briggs, uh-huh. <laughs> excuse me, do you ever see, because you've been in this world for a long time and you are extremely knowledgeable. Um, are you saying I'm old? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying that you <laughs> you have a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> That's what I'm I saying. I am. I have been in this world for a long time. I feel like that. <laughs> do you ever see an overlap? Like, can you see the Enneagram in... Myers-Briggs like do you see them working together yes totally like so someone who is an introverted feeler number one that is the most sensitive brain function and it's actually Myers-Briggs is the largest used personality inventory in the world so there are all kinds of statistics available using the Myers-Briggs system. And that's another reason why it's great to know what your Myers-Briggs type is, what your child's Myers-Briggs type is, because there's just so much information out there about it. But one of the things is the introverted feelers are number one and number two in statistically speaking for, for mental illness, Mm. for depression and for substance abuse, because Mm. that introverted feeling is it's feeling. So it's, it's any time where you're speculating all the time about what other people are feeling mm-hmm. and, and just who your what your identity is. And, and it's, you know, feelings are not rational. And so when, when feelings are driving the bus and they're introverted feelings that are private and you're not even sharing them, you're bottling them all up. Mm-hmm. You're just living in this fantasy world of, that it's not reality and they, they can really, really struggle. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, those, the introverted feelers are often fours on the Enneagram. I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. So they're often fours on the Enneagram. Um, and so there are Myers-Briggs Enneagram correlations. You can look it up on the internet and it's not always the case, but like, um, an ENFP in the Myers-Briggs system, which is an extroverted intuitive, um, which means they are all about what does this mean? And and what does that mean? And what are the possibilities of (laughs) of all of these things? And so they're often sevens on the Enneagram. That makes sense. Because sevens are all about possibilities. And, you know, also the ESFP, extroverted sensing, um, can often be... um, sevens on the Enneagram, the ESFP, that is the ESTP, which is a thinker, more strong willed. They're often eights because their, their extroverted sensors are in their bodies, right? They're, okay. uh, um, and so the eight is a body type and they, they are all about control. And the ESTP is like, you're not going to control me. I'm all about freedom and using my body to reach my goals, which Mm -hmm. is a lot of times eight on the Enneagram. And so, um, there are definite correlations. Um, but I still have parents test, uh, their child for both, Mm -hmm. um, just because there can be several Enneagram types that go with the Myers-Briggs type. So there, there are correlations like, um, you know, especially the INFP, which is that introverted feeling if you look at the statistics, it's just overwhelmingly their force. Okay. Um, 
what about sixes? Do you think that they are like, cause I would think that INFP too would be a six cause they're in their head of what could go wrong. Right. Or no, but it's more heart because oh. they're introverted feeling. So they're more in the heart center. Okay. Your, your head types are going to be more of your, um, thinkers. Okay. Uh, they're going to be more up here uh, as head types, like your ISTJ, which is an introverted sensor. Mm -hmm. A lot of times they are type ones because they're very black and white, mm -hmm. like rule followers, like this is the way you do it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they, this type can be very anxious and have some OCD behaviors because let's face it, you can't control yeah. what's going on in your outside world. And they want to be able to control everything. They want predictability. And so they're often type ones. They're often type sixes who really want to have a system, mm -hmm. but yet sometimes the system seems broken. And they like right now during COVID, the ISTJs are taking it extremely hard because mm -hmm. they feel like the system, the government is, it's not working. So now I'm going to retreat into myself, into my own little home, but that's scary too. And so I don't know yeah. where I feel safe. And so that's where that type is really, um, you know, struggling right now because the unknown is their baby brain function. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, the unknown and unpredictability and surprises is, is, they're terrible with that. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I, I just, I, there are definite correlations. Okay. Yeah. And it was just a question that had come up in my mind as I was reading for this month's book and just thinking, gosh, I, there's gotta be some correlation between all of the oh, personality. Can I throw out one more thing that yeah. I forgot? So introverted sensing, almost every child I work with that has introverted sensing is their number one, or I should turn it around. Every time a parent comes to me and their child has anxiety, their child has sensory processing disorder, mm -hmm. their child is just uh, sensitive to sound or has the fear of throwing up or anything that involves the five senses, mm -hmm. introverted sensing is usually that child's number one brain function almost all the time because they're so sensitive in their five senses as an introverted sensor that you see all of these issues coming from that number one brain function. And so I just try to help parents look at the strengths of that function and flip, you know, the, what they're seeing as weaknesses to flip it to the strengths so that they can tap in to their child's strength to conquer that fear because 94% of parents feed into safety behaviors, mm -hmm. which are those behaviors that the child is using to avoid what they're afraid of. Mm. And, and parents will feed into those just to be a loving parent, but it makes the child more fearful mm. than if you tap into their strength of, no, you can do this. You got this. Let's mm -hmm. face this together with, with these strengths that you've been given. Wow. So because every, you know, every um, brain function has a set of strengths, but if those are misused or not used properly, they look like weaknesses. Interesting. Huh. Okay. So how, how would somebody go about 
exploring those strengths and weaknesses and personalities in their, in their own lives, you know, even just as parents, how do we do that? Um, where do we even begin? I guess. Yeah. Well, I have a free test on my website. So, um, parents can take that test for one of their children, the child that you understand the least, although I feel like you should do it for every child because, There are some personality types out there that seem like they are so hands-off. They're straight A's. They're the captain of the football team. They're, they got this. They Mm -hmm. just take on more and more and more. And they seem like they're made of iron and then they just have breakdowns because that's their blind spot is they don't know how to say no. They don't know how to balance um, their personality type. So So yeah, so you would take the free test on my website uh, for that child you understand the least. And then that would be a great starting point um, to just start learning about your family. But I work with families. Um, I have an assessment for adults and children and the parents will take the assessment for their children because a parent is more objective Mm -hmm. because a lot of times kids will go through phases where they just they know someone who's an introvert or maybe their sibling and they're like, I am not an introvert Mm -hmm. because they don't want to be like that. Okay. And, and so they will, they would test themselves as an extrovert, even though their parent knows they are not an extrovert, they are an introvert. So it just works better for the parents to take the test for their child because they see the big picture of who that child is. And my daughter started because she's an observant uh, personality type, she has extroverted sensing as her Mm co-pilot. So it means she's good at using her senses to see what's in the world and to observe. So by observing, she learned, ooh, that blunt comment I just made didn't go over very well. So she started observing. And so as she became a high schooler, she looked more like a feeler because Mm -hmm. 75% of women are feelers. And so my daughter learned to start looking like a feeler. And so even though she's a thinker, and so if, you know, you test your child for who they are right now, like if they're a teenager, that's not quite as accurate as if you test them based on the big picture of who they've been their entire life. And, and I find that with adults, women tend to test themselves accurately and men are almost always wrong. That's because hilarious. They will, they'll test themselves based on who they are at work or who okay. society says they should be. Mm-hmm. There's a certain personality type that does well in business, does well in sales, and they all test themselves as like one of two types. Okay. I was going to ask, is Most there a spouse, the is there a spouse, uh, objective test that you test your spouse or you fill it out for your spouse. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good idea. I always tell husbands and wives to kind of do it together. Okay. So they can like kind of bounce it off of each other. Like, am I more like this or more like this? And, but then I'm kind of the final determiner, you know, as mm-hmm. we go through the different checkpoints of our session together, um, there are many different places where they can say, Oh yeah, that doesn't quite fit. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so we make sure everybody's on board by the end of our session together that they feel really comfortable with the way that they have been typed. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. man, it's invaluable. So the, yeah, the test is a great, great way to start. And then just, you know, us meeting together, it's it's very affordable to have this two hour session where we meet together and we, we do the brain maps of everybody in the family. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that because I love that you pull, it's the whole family. It's not just you. It's not just your kid. It really is how your whole family is functioning in their personalities. Um, I do love that about you, Wendy. <laughs> um, oh, and I mentioned yeah, Cause the sibling rivalry is huge. Like, you know, it, it really does affect what's going on in the family dynamic. And, and you need to know how those two siblings are rubbing each other the wrong way, how they're literally triggering each other all the time. And, and, you know, they might be aware of it, but they might be unaware of it. What's yeah. triggering? Like I just worked with a family where the daughter is one of the most introverted types of all, probably the most of all 16 types, because okay. there are different levels of introversion, introversion and extroversion. And this child was not because her mom is so extroverted. Mm-hmm. This child was getting no downtime oh. and she is crabby, 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 crabby. Mm-hmm. And she's just known as the crabby kid mm. in her house, but it's because she needs downtime. Like we need oh, water, man. like we yeah. need air mm-hmm. and, and she's not being respected in that need. She's not being honored in that need. That's so fascinating. I, I wonder, is there, I mean, this is kind of like a little tangent, but with that introverted child, when you say downtime, is there a way that actually feeds downtime in an introvert um more specifically like is it downtime in a screen is it downtime like I just need to be alone in my room is there with certain personality types is that that matter yeah well it just it depends on that bucket of strength that goes along with their number one brain function so an introverted intuitive which is what this gal was needs to just daydream they need to just like let their mind think about, like I, I talk about it as it's like they're constantly building this intricate house of cards in their head. <laughs> and when a sibling comes up to them and says, Hey, mm. it's like that whole house of cards just went, you know, flat. Yeah. And so it makes them crabby because okay. they were just imagining this amazing whatever it is they they like to write stories but um they they like to theorize things but they just need that time to daydream and their parents think you're doing nothing Mm -hmm. you're doing nothing again but no they that is where they need to be Mm. this imagination and so that's introverted intuition okay Um, introverted sensing loves looking at data and doing research and reading facts and doing all that, you know, um, and they like to maybe build with Legos and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then introverted thinking, they just love being in their head also. And, mm-hmm. and just, you know, thinking about how the world works, how, how life works, how, you know, how they fit into the scheme of things. And but more like um, contemplative and- like yeah contemplative okay yeah Yeah, and like what is truth like what really is truth they're they're thinking about that a lot yeah they can struggle with kind of feelings of there is no truth 
Yeah. So what, what do I believe? Because, you know, there's so much gray area in the world and, and they, they love data, like clean data, like mm-hmm. math and, but you know, that's not how the world works. Yeah. And so, so anyway, just knowing these different brain functions really helps to understand what kind of downtime your child needs. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. Oh man. Like I said, at the beginning of this show, it's just so much, um, that you could explore and dig into. Um, and Wendy is an excellent tool to go and get her coaching. And like I said, we benefited from our time with Wendy and she has that book that I mentioned at the top, um, of your child's inner drive. It's such a great, gigantic filled <laughs> book of every yeah, type. <laughs> I don't know why my first book, I decided to make it 450 pages with a <laughs> 10 page index in the back. You know? It's so. amazing. It's a, it's a huge gift. I mean, and like, you know, I love how, um, Ryan had talked about it of like, we don't get a manual Ryan Dobson. He doesn't, we don't get a manual, but this is pretty close to it of how to raise your kids and how to really connect with them and how they were designed and built. And, um, it's a, an amazing tool to pick up for your own kids. So, um, yeah, you guys go check it out. And Wendy, thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing just a snippet of all the wealth (laughs) of knowledge that you have and really getting to understand our kids and ourselves better. So thank you. Yeah. I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't blow the minds of everyone listening to, to make it simpler. I talked to parents in the beginning about the wizard of Oz characters that the temperaments of Myers-Briggs can all, they can actually fit into the four wizard of Oz characters. And that's how you introduce it to your kids as well. I love that. So it can be as simple as the Wizard of Oz if you want it to be. And that's how I kind of introduce it in my book also. Mm-hmm. But then you can go deeper into all these brain functions that we just talked about. So, yeah, it's genius. I love it so much. So thank you again. And you guys check out all the links below of all the resources and the connections with Wendy. And man, let it bless your socks off because it really did help us understand our kids even more. So. All right. Have a great week, you guys. We love you. Wow. What an amazing interview with Wendy. I hope that that blesses you as much as it did for me. And a good reminder of just really seeing each of my children through the lens that they were created. And I just want to make sure that you know that in January, 2020, we are starting a live group coaching course It is called Becoming, Discovering Your Heavenly Commission. And this is all a deep dive into who you are, who God has created you to be, discovering your calling and what he has placed on your heart. And then on top of that, we create goals that can help you create that intentional life that he has created you to live. So come and join me. Check the link below. And again, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, share with a friend, post me on, post a a picture on Instagram, tag me in it at Kristen Fields Chadwick. And I would love to see how these shows are affecting you. All right. Happy holidays.